Hello, this is John Smallwood, Senior Wealth Advisor, Smallwood Wealth Management, located in Red Bank, New Jersey. Hope everybody's having a great day. We're continuing on the 19 sources of retirement income. And today we're going to focus on qualified dividends versus ordinary dividends, which is number four and number five in the guide. The, the nuances in this is pretty deep. So we're going to, we're going to dive in, but again, what we want to focus on is how is this going to impact my wealth? Where did dividends come from? How do I get them? And how do I, how do I know what I'm going to pay tax on? And what's really the, the key distinction is dividends come from owning stock. That's in essence where they're coming from, owning stock of a company, owning stock of a publicly traded company, a foreign company, a preferred stock. That's where they're coming from. Now, if they're qualified, they're taxed as capital gain rate. If they're ordinary dividends, they're taxed as ordinary income. The spread on that, depending upon where you are in your tax bracket, ordinary dividends, the lowest tax bracket right now, married, finally, joint, single, separate, et cetera, is 10%. The highest bracket is 37. From a capital gain perspective, those rates can be, the highest rate is 20%. It could be 15% or it could be zero, depending upon your income tax bracket. So if your income is married filing joint above 496, your gains are taxed at 20%. If you're between married filing joint between 80,000 and the 496, they're taxed at 15%. If your income's below $80,000, your capital gain rate is zero. So these qualified dividends are going to be taxed at 0%. This is new in the tax law. So this is a tremendous benefit for generating qualified dividends versus you know ordinary dividends. And there's distinctions in holding patterns and other related assets so that as we look at this, what we want to look at is there's holding patterns, holding timeframes in order to qualify for qualified versus ordinary, but that there is a list of assets that are also excluded that are always going to be ordinary dividends. Some of those are real estate investment trust REITs. So, so traded REITs that are traded publicly, even non-traded REITs, are going to have that income is going to be a dividend and it's going to be taxed at ordinary rates, presumably because there are pass-throughs and things that already are happening at the level of the company. The MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships, are going to be taxed as ordinary income. And if you have a fund or something like that that is hedging anything that's involved in a hedge is going to be come back and be taxed as ordinary dividends when you get into what makes a dividend qualified 
basically there are three key things that are going to basically require a company, you know, how the dividend is going to be taxed, whether it's ordinary or qualified, right? So if the it's a publicly traded company, then on a U.S. market, then the stock is going to be treated as a qualified dividend, but you have to comply with the holding period. If the company is a foreign company, but it's incorporated in a U.S. For, or is in a comprehensive income tax treaty, you're going to get the qualified dividends. But the holding period is kind of interesting. Common stock investors must hold the shares for more than 60 days during a 121-day period that starts 60 days before the ex-dividend date or the date after the dividend has been paid out, okay? For preferred stock, the holding period is more than 90 days during a 181-day period that starts 90 days before the ex-dividend date. And this gets complicated when you're talking about mutual funds and ETFs and their holding patterns and how long they hold stocks, if they're trading actively, it's going to impact that ratio of your tax taxable income between short-term ordinary dividends and qualified dividends, right? So what's powerful is these dividends coming in can be pretty darn tax efficient compared to how they've been. Prior to this distinction of qualified and ordinary, they were all taxed as ordinary income at the top bracket. So depending upon who you are and what your situation is and, and how the income tax is being generated, the tax efficiency of qualified dividends can be quite substantial in your plan. Now, in planning, in looking at this, owning stocks, owning things, you know, preferred stocks generate high income, but what you always have to look at is the tax equivalent yield. And again, having a smattering, a diversification, a balance within the, the dividends of both qualified and ordinary dividends is going to give you diversification. What you're seeing in most environments, not all, is that companies that are ordinary dividends, such as income from REITs or MLPs, have a significantly higher income rate that is being paid out than that of a, you know, a, a stock potentially. Not always, but could be. So what we want to focus on is in building this, we want to obtain a good, strong dividend yield because that's going to provide the income stream that we need. It's going to help us during the accumulation phase, either reinvest and buy more shares, reinvest, take that income, use it to buy other things in our plans to, to get balance in tax reduction. But the key is having those dividends, which if they're diversified so that you have many different types of companies from different industries, from different countries, from different types of dividends that spreading 
of the income will be a more resilient income, a more durable income potentially, but it also will have tax efficiency to it. So having dividends, having qualified in ordinary dividends in your financial strategy is super important. But again, we need to look at the macro picture and understand you know, how these dividends can be used in the most strategic way to maximize your future income sources to provide additional sources. Again, looking at the big picture is always the most important part of that. And that wealth curve conversation that we've built is something that I think everybody should take advantage of. It's a 30 minute plus no obligation free conversation with a financial advisor to really dig in and understand where you are. What do I have? What's coming in my future? What do I need to do to mitigate or reduce that financial pressure that's coming and build wealth so that when I retire, I have the benefit of having these multiple sources. Now, here's what the crystal ball is. I don't know what the future is. The crystal ball is cracked. I don't know how these will be taxed in the future. 20 years ago, they were not taxed this way. 10 years ago, they were not taxed this way. Today, they are. Tomorrow, they may not be. So again, not having all my eggs in the dividend bucket is a good idea, but having different sources. That's why we put together this 19 sources guide to basically say, I want to have as much of this in my plan from multiple sources so that in the future, as interest rates change and tax rates change and markets are volatile, I have different sources. So if one dries up or one is not as advantageous because of tax benefits or one is more advantageous, I can move money from different sources, but I'm also not, you know, I'm not all in one area where, you know, a collapse of interest rates or markets or whatever it's going to be totally destroys my financial strategy. Take advantage of the wealth curve conversation, free, no obligation meeting, Talk to us about doing a regular review, updating your plan, getting focused on how do I get these 19 sources of retirement income in my plan starting to work today. If I'm already retired, how do I diversify the assets that I have to generate effectively more taxable income now and more diversified income streams? When we start talking about this, and we think about it from an ownership format, such as, you know, I can own this individually. The conversation today was the perspective of owning it individually, not in a 401k or an IRA. When I own these assets inside of a 401k and or IRA or profit sharing plan or any qualified plan, deferred comp plan, the income that I derive from that is all ordinary income because it's it's IRA income or you know qualified plan income. So you sort of lose your tax treatment of the dividends inside of these wrappers. You pick up other benefits, but you lose other benefits, right? So we always have to look at it's one, how do I own them? Two, where do I own them? Three, what wrapper are they in, in essence, what, you know, are they in a tax deferred vehicle or are they in a vehicle that's going to provide, you know, for a Roth, for example, that's going to provide tax-free income. 
tax efficiency is different in the way you own things and you have different financial pressures. So again, great opportunity to rethink your plan, rethink where you're accumulating assets to benefit from these potential tax nuances. But again, qualified dividends and ordinary dividends can be quite successful in your strategy if they're deployed properly. Have a great day. Thank you. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to the end of the video. Smallwood Wealth Management is an investment advisor representative. The opinions expressed by Smallwood Wealth Management and guests on this show are their own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice, information presented for this educational purposes only. Moreover, no listener should assume that any discussions or information presented serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized advice from Smallwood Wealth Management or from any other investment professional and is not intended as an offer of solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Smallwood Wealth Management is not a law firm or an accounting firm, and no portion of this presentation should be interpreted as legal, accounting, or tax advice. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Thank you for listening.